For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network, where we turn basketball players into tight ends. <laughs> Today's episode, we are talking tight ends for the Summer Scouting Series. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Ryan Roberts and Alex Gilstrap, who are two fantastic NFL draft analysts. So before we get to that conversation of diving into the tight end class, I do want to share a quick message from our sponsor, which is Bet Online. The month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to ba- uh, baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sports betting needs. Visit their website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. So as I said, we're talking tight ends today on the summer scouting series before we start hitting up the offensive line. And as you can expect, we've got some pretty fun names in here, some interesting prospects. It seems like there is some agreement on placement for some of these various tight ends but the one thing I think we need to unpack a little bit here when going over the overview last season we had Kyle Pitts be this elite name a guy who was considered to be not even really a tight end but more of an offensive weapon and that's why he was drafted as highly as he was and then after that there were guys like uh, um, Hunter Long there were guys that were slotted more on day two day three no one really else fit in that day one conversation so if we're looking at this tight end group how would we describe it maybe comparing it to last year do we have a a someone like Kyle Pitts or is it a little bit more evenly spaced out I, I think it's hard to say that someone's going to be Kyle Pitts right now but I mean this time last year we also didn't know that there would be a Kyle Pitts in that class either right like we thought Kyle Pitts was a first-round caliber tight end. Nobody, I don't think at the time, thought he was going to be a top-five pick you know, to the Atlanta Falcons at number four. So I, I think that we need to be a little tentative with those expectations. I will say, comparing it to last year's class, though, I like the top, but for me, 
the depth of this class in 2022 is fantastic. It was hard to make a top five because I think there was a lot of guys that graded pretty closely. I think that the depth is, is fantastic. I think that when we look at the 2021 group, we had Kyle Pitts, we had a little bit of a drop-off, and then we had three good football players who I thought were worthy of being second-round-ish pick. And then after that, though, the class fell off the table. This, this class, I think from one to about 10, maybe 12 potentially, I think that these are potential top three-round picks. I think that, that we're working with that type of depth in this class. Yeah, I think simply put, there's just a lot of names to like in this year's class. Like Ryan said, there's 10 or 12 guys in this year's class that I can see upside to to being a day two pick when it's all said and done at the very least. So um, not necessarily the, the home run hit of Kyle Pitts, but you can't expect that Kyle Pitts was as close to a generational prospect as you can get at the tight end position, truthfully. I mean, obviously, he was one of the – or he was the highest – drafted tight end ever so talk about someone that you know that's a high billing to live up to but I do like a lot of the talent in this year's class and like Ryan said I like the top but I love 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 the depth and there's so many guys uh that if you were to for, you know put together a top 10 it could go a hundred different ways and I there's not really too much argument to be had because there's so much to like there's so many different styles too that's another point in this year's tight end class that I think even differs from last year. Last year, we saw some guys, Kyle Pitts being the the prototype that he was as more of a receiver. Um, and then, of course, you had your more blocking tight ends, your more well-rounded guys in Hunter Long, Pat Fryer moves, some other guys in that uh, last year's class. This year, there's just there, – I think there's four or five different – molds of tight end in this year's class and I didn't even I didn't even know going into this summer that there could be four or five different molds I thought there was true blocking tight ends there was the more well-rounded have a little bit of both and then straight receiving tight ends but there's I think there's a fourth mold that that we may get into a little bit later that that I kind of I found in this year's class and I think there's there's a couple of guys for each of these these uh groups of of molds of tight ends yeah as long as we're not anywhere near that 2020 class where it was just Cole Komet in the second round and then nobody wanted to touch anybody after that point but we it sounds like we've got some Bryson pretty good depth Hopkins. yeah Bryson Hopkins yeah who who Irish, else was even worth touching <laughs> Irish greats Cole Komet get it right yeah sh- sure I mean, he he saw the writing on the wall when Michael Mayer was coming in so he decided to leave that was that was basically what that was <laughs> I saw Tommy Tremble playing a perennial pro bowler. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was definitely it, but it, it sounds like we've got some good depth here and we're going to unpack this class and feature some of these names hitting on our first category, highest upside, a guy that could turn out to be a you know, really elite player at the next level. You guys are in agreement here that it's Jaleel Billingsley from Alabama. And I recall in the chat, I think also on social media, you guys were putting out there on Twitter how much you guys like Billingsley. Why do you think he's the high upside guy in this conversation? First time I saw Jaleel Billingsley, I wrote down 19 on the side of my sheet of paper and I didn't know who he was. And it was actually on a blocking play. He was playing wing and he wow. drove a linebacker or maybe it was a defensive end. I don't know. It was somebody setting the edge and he drove him to the sideline, into the sideline. And I was like, who is that guy? And then you start watching him and you're like, he's not built like a traditional tight end. He's not. And then you kind of take a look and a deep dive. And I think that he is what Kyle Pitts is going to start, the trend that Kyle Pitts is going to really start to 
take over the landscape of the NFL. People are going to question this, and they're going to say, is he a tight end? Is he a slot receiver? My response to that is, who cares? <laughs> Honestly, like he is a six foot four, 230-plus pound athlete who has the ability to play X receiver, could play in the slot, has played in wing, could play a little bit in line, and he has great effort as a blocker. But I think that this kid as a receiver, and this is going to cut to Joe's heart a little bit, this is what everybody wanted Evan Ingram to be. This is who oh. this guy is. I'm sorry, but this Why'd is the reality. Why'd you have to bring him up? Um, well, this is, <laughs> but that was the mold that everybody was, good, was trying to go for was Evan Ingram. Yeah. This is what they wanted. Big slot, super athletic. This is the guy, though. And effort as a blocker, is he ever going to be the dominant inline blocker? Absolutely not. He's got a very thin frame, um, especially below, below the waist. He has a, a very skinny lower half. I don't think that he's going to be able to generate a ton of power in line, but I think as a movement piece, he's a very good blocker. I mean, they put him in like, you know, uh, trip sets and they just, they throw bubble screens to Devonta Smith and they lead him out as the blocker outside. So stock blocking is more of his traditional, but like he has effort in there. I don't think he's ever going to be that guy because even if he gains a little bit of weight, I still don't think he has the lower half to be the traditional inline guy. But I have effort. I have a tremendous athlete. I have super smooth. I have good hands. I have an outrageous catch radius. I think this kid has very long arms. This is the guy for me. And, I mean, all, all by all accounts, I already put out a preliminary scouting report, and I gave him a late first-round grade because I think that this is the guy in this class that if we did see a Kyle Pitts, Pitts-esque rise, if we saw a guy that was worthy of a top 10, top 15 pick, Jalil Billingsley's the guy. Yeah, Joe, at the top of the show, you asked, like, do we have someone that can be that that Kyle Pitts of this year's class? And I think from a mold standpoint, that's Jaleel Billingsley, someone that isn't the biggest, isn't going to be your traditional inline blocking tight end at the next level, but someone that I think is feasible last summer, this time last year. I was posting clips of Kyle Pitts being a fine inline blocker. Like, I think I think it got blown up a lot because of his frame that he wasn't a good uh, a blocker at the tight end position, but I thought he was very serviceable uh, in line. And I feel the same way about Jaleel Billingsley. I feel like he's a lot more prominent of a blocker than he's given credit for. And then, like like Ryan said, the route running, the the catch radius, the just natural athleticism. I think he's just really got it all from a, a weapon standpoint. And honestly, he might have the highest upside in this year's class from just a pass catcher standpoint. I mean, this guy can just do a lot of things with a big body, big you know, tall, long frame that he has, plus his athleticism. There's, like Kyle Pitts, there's not going to be too many prototypical defensive players, even at the next level, that are going to be built and just built to to cover a guy of his stature and his athleticism. See, I, I wish I had done, and I had gone with my gut, of wanting to name the out-of-nowhere prospect category as the Kyle Pitts watch list because like I, I think you guys both would have picked Billingsley and it's funny that you you guys ended up both picking him as that high upside guy I just think it's a little funny because we were talking before the show of like should we really consider the out of nowhere player to be the Kyle Pitts watch list we ended up going with Hunter Long and now I feel kind of stupid doing that but it's too late now we move on uh, biggest bum Isaac not a watch list who if anyone recalls <laughs> ran a uh, a 40-yard dash that was over five seconds. Didn't really do a whole lot in his draft class. Uh, this is referring to a player who's getting hyped up way too much early on. And in this scenario, it doesn't. I feel like it doesn't happen as much with tight ends. 
But if we had to pick who who some of those players who are just being blown way out of proportion, who would it be? And Ryan, I'm I'm intrigued by your pick. Yeah, it's it's a guy that was rumored to maybe answer the um, the 2021 NFL draft. He's been a guy that's been on the radar for a couple years. It's been a guy that I have seen a lot of positive praise for, and I think that this is going to be the guy. Maybe not quite to the degree of an Isaac Nauta, but I think that Charlie Kohler. The tight end from Iowa State, fantastic college football player, has a big frame, 6'6", 257 pounds listed, well, plays well in the air. One, he's not the blocker that you would think of as a 6'6", 257. Like, he's meh. Like, I won't even say he's solid. He's he's meh. It's, it's hit or miss, hot and cold. I don't see outstanding effort all the time. I don't think he plays with great leverage. But then here, here is the the peccadillo, and here's the thing that really hurts some of these peccadillo. guys. Peccadillo. Yes, man. It's it's like <laughs> something about it, a peccadillo is like something about someone that is like very unique to them. Yes, that's we're learning a lot one. of words on this podcast. Yeah, Google peccadillo it. Go ahead. Is a new one. Google it. Google it. Um. So we saw we're, we're talking about Isaac Nauta, who athletically test very poorly and then completely fell. Last year, I think that the Ole Miss tight end, Kenny Yabo, who was getting hyped up, was not a good athlete, and everyone tried to hype him up. I don't even know if he ended up testing, but like, just was not a good athlete. He ends up going undrafted. I think Charlie Kohler is going to go get drafted somewhere on day three, but I think it's going to be mid to late day three. I think this kid is going to suffer a big rise because, honestly, I watch him, and it looks like he's running in quicksand at times. I don't think he's an athlete. I don't think he is... Anything more than a depth piece as a tight end. Maybe a Caden Smith. There's another name for you. Another George, uh, another giant great Caden Smith. Like that is kind of the Stanford, upside. Yeah. I think of when I think of a guy like a Charlie Kohler, I just don't see a ton of upside. Even though some people are going to hype him up like, oh, he might be a day two pick. Absolutely not in my opinion. I think one thing that's helping Charlie Kohler out is he, he brings back Brock Purdy, someone he's had a great connection with over the last couple of years. And I think the, from the production side of things, he's going to maintain that, that level of play production wise. And I think that will hope, not hopefully, but necessarily, but I think that'll keep him, keep his name kind of in the loop of, of those top tight ends at least. But I agree. Uh, college tight end, I think he's great, but I think that there's something missing about him from an athletic standpoint that's going to hold him back in his transition to the next level. All right, so who's your pick then? Alex? For me, it's someone that yeah, it's someone that I've seen listed in top fives, and I just I don't get it. I think some people are just trying to find that guy uh, that no one's talking about, but I've seen him in the top five, and I don't get it. That's Cade Otten out of Washington. Uh, watch the watch two or three games of Kate Otten, and what I saw was someone that's a he's an average blocker. He's fine in the run game, but overall, I think you know he's not a big enough weapon in the passing game for me to want you know. And look, if you're not, it's okay if you're not a a top receiving target at the tight end position. Not everyone is. Not all the the better tight ends in the NFL are, but he's not that great of a blocker either. So he doesn't really have anything to his game that I think you can really hang your hat on and, and be in show promise because I don't think he's that great of a pass catching weapon. And I think he's just an average blocker at best. If you want that great blocker, that's kind of an average weapon, get you somebody like uh, a Jeremy Rucker or somebody in those middle rounds. Don't, I don't care about Kate Otten necessarily. Hard pass on Jeremy Rucker, hard pass on Jeremy Rucker. <laughs> All right. Continuing on to our next one though, our Hunter long watch list, which I, I, I feel like we didn't really have a lot to go off of here. We're trying to go with a guy who 
wasn't necessarily on radars as maybe a top five player in their position group and then shot up. And I guess Hunter Long does fit that criteria. He ends up being one of the most highly targeted tight ends. I think he was the most highly targeted. And I think he had like the most yards last season uh, out of any tight end. Am I correct or am I wrong there? Probably. Who are you talking Probably. about? Sorry. I Hunter Long. Hunter Long. Hunter Long. Um, he had 600 and something. Uh, I mean, Kyle Pitts had 700 and something yards. So. Yeah, probably. After no, Kyle maybe it was receptions. I apologize for that confusion. But we're going off of somebody who we think could could shoot themselves into the top five discussion that's currently sitting on the outside, maybe isn't getting enough notoriety. So, Ryan, who is your player? And you seemingly always love uh, to go with Cincinnati guys for some reason. Not always. I mean, or not in this not in this specific category, but I just you always talk about Cincinnati guys for some reason. I feel like I always talk, talk about Tulsa guys. I don't Tulsa too. Tulsa definitely. Definitely Tulsa. Um, so, Josh Wiley, tight end out of Cincinnati. This was a tough one, honestly. There, I, I was stuck between Alex's guy, who's going to bring up in a second, and then also Isaiah Likely, who from Coastal Carolina, who I think needs a little bit of conversation. But Josh Wiley is who I set settled on. So if you look at him right now, my guy is six six, and he's about two hundred thirty five pounds. He is super skinny for Cincinnati, but yak guy, athleticism, flexibility. This kid's talented. And for a program that put out Travis Kelsey, I'm not going to even slightly compare him to him, but I think that he is definitely the best tight end or at least most athletic tight end to play at Cincinnati since a Travis Kelsey. And I think this kid has some untapped potential because he plays pretty well in the air. And I feel like as he gains weight to that frame, as he adds power, he already has the athleticism. He already has the, uh, the yak ability. If we add a little more weight to this frame with what he's already shown on film to be able to win at the catch point, I think we're talking about an all-around threat. And I don't think that he's a guy that you're going to ask to inline block right now because, again, he's very thin. He's he's more of a big H slot option right now than anything for Cincinnati. But I think Josh Wiley has a lot of tools to work with. No, I like that pick a lot. That's someone that's kind of flown under the radar, kind of fits this this billing perfectly as someone that's kind of fallen and get, been just a name in the in the hat that I think can can rise this year. One thing that's really reminiscent about Josh Wiley, Isaiah Likely, and the guy I'm about to bring up is how important it is for these guys to return their good college quarterbacks. Cincinnati obviously returning Desmond Ritter, who's a, who's a good college quarterback, and so that that connection is going to stay strong. Isaiah Likely returns Grayson McCall, and for me, my guy's Cole Turner out of Nevada, who's returning Carson Strong, someone that we talked about just a couple never weeks ago. Never heard, never heard of him. <laughs> never heard of him. Cole Turner, the tight end from Nevada, like I said, is is someone that's just been a safety blanket for Carson Strong in that offense, and I think he's a better athlete than he's built to be at this point. People talk about Romeo Dobbs. Is it Dobbs? I think it's. Do- I think it's actually pronounced Dubs. Dubs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I have heard that. Dubs. Romeo Dubs, the wide receiver from Nevada, someone that's been talked up a lot as this sleeper wide receiver that might be, you know, a day two pick. But I think Cole Turner's the better pass catching weapon in that offense at the tight end position. Someone for his position, I think, is is a better football player overall. And I think he's a good inline blocker, but I really like his ability as a pass catcher. And I just think this is just someone that. Not a lot of people have turned on the tape for. It's just taken people that have watched Carson Strong to really notice this guy. But I think he's a better football player than people put out. Yeah, so number 19, and he plays in that air raid system. So he's more slot receiver than he is traditional yeah. inline tight end. But like you said, he's that safety blanket. He, you can see that size all over the field. Former wide receiver turned tight end. I think he's listed around like 6'5", 240 pounds, and he still has room to grow. 
Great catch radius, soft hands, very dependable. And I do think he's a better at athlete than people give him credit for. It's just in that offense, he's really the stick mover. Like right. He's not the guy that's like the, the separator, vertical type of guy. Like He can run the seam decently, but he's the guy that is moving the sticks. I think he had like 50-something catches for over 600 yards, and he was just the stick mover for Carson Strong in that Nevada offense. All right, let's get into these top fives as we always do to – wrap up this show ryan at four has trey mcbride out of colorado state and then at five james mitchell from virginia tech it's crazy how vastly different your guys lists are here uh jalen weidermayer texas a&m is four for alex and then will mallory from miami is five for alex so I can't even pull apart. I can't even draw upon a similarity here. There's usually at least one guy that you guys agree yeah. on, but we don't even have that. Yeah. So well, I, I'll, well, ahead, I'll say, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say that that's just the nature of this tight end class. There's just so many different flavors of tight ends in a, in a way. There's so many flavors. different prototypes and. Yeah, flavors. flavors. You know, come on. Some people like strawberry. Some people like blue raspberry. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> but, but there's so many different, you know, prototypes of tight ends in this year's class, and it really is. And we talked about putting together this top five is tough because there's ten or twelve guys that are good football players in this year's tight end class. Something that we have definitely not been able to say the last couple of years. Yeah, and I I, I think that it, it does show because, I, like I said, the top five was hard to to come up with here, right? Like there are a couple guys that were very close, at, at least for me. Um, I think that it does show us just the quality of depth for the fact of that we're so different in how we see the tight end class a little bit, at least from four to five. I will say Will Mallory, just kind of to put it out there, Will Mallory's not a guy that I watched in depth, so he's wouldn't, he wasn't even in the conversation for me. I've heard some great things. I know he was a all-state hurdler in high school, like a 14-something in the 110 high hurdles, I think. So he was a, he's a tremendous athlete, and I, I really want to get to him soon. Surprise! I, I know some people are going to be surprised by the Weidermeyer thing for Alex. Um, I will say I was a little disappointed as well. I, I think that there is some legitimate separation issues there, and I think there's only one way that he wins is in the air, and I think he does that well. But then I also didn't see a great blocker either, so I, I kind of agree with how he kind of the outlook on Weidermeyer. Uh, just kind of looking deeper into Alex's list, those are just a couple of the takeaways I had. Yeah, well, you know, you talked about Jalen Weidermeyer a little bit. And like you said, the concerns with me is I don't see a separator, someone that I thought I was going to get a better athlete out of. Yeah. And, you know, the mold that he's supposed to be under, just that that straight receiver, uh, you know, that, that, can, that can be that receiving threat that he is, I see it in other people better than him. And I did not expect to, to – for that to be the case. And I actually put out a tweet the other day saying Texas A&M fans are going to hate me this year. They are. And <laughs> they are. I mean, Isaiah Always Spiller down. was number five for me. Yeah. Isaiah Spiller a couple years ago, it was, um, it was Utah. Utah had the Brad, the Bradley and I year. I, I was low on a bunch of those guys. So, uh, but you. yeah, this year, this year it's going to be Texas A&M because that's two of their most prominent, uh, NFL draft prospects that I just seemingly don't see it as much with. And, uh, I don't see a good blocker at all. I see someone that just whiffs uh, in line. So he's just not an inline blocker. That's just not what you're gonna you're gonna pay him to do. What you're gonna draft him to do. But as a as a receiving threat, I just don't see the caliber of athlete that I quite expected. Yeah, he doesn't play to his size at all. And, and Joe, if we have time here, I think we're going pretty good on time. We, we don't have time. We never have time. 
Can I, can I have that mic, guys? Go ahead. Yes. Yes, Ryan. Right. Thank you for asking for permission, by the way. Go of ahead. Course. Of course. I'm, I'm more cordial <laughs> than Alex is, so. I, <laughs> um, so number five, uh, like Joe said, I had James Mitchell from Virginia Tech, a guy that I was a little hesitant on when I first went into the uh, the film session a little bit. My dude listed at like 6'2", 250, so he doesn't have great length. He's never going to be a guy that wins in the air. Tremendous athlete. He's got yak ability. He can run the seam. And I thought, as a blocker, one of the best in the class, despite not having a ton of size. Like, there's some plays, and he's more of an H-back positional blocker for the most part. But there's some plays, man, where he's putting dudes in the dirt. So James Mitchell from Virginia Tech is a really intriguing athlete. He was another guy I kind of thought about for the riser type because I think that he's going he's gonna to test really well. I think he's a 4-5-something athlete. And then I had to get Trey McBride on the list at number four. I have loved Trey McBride since last summer, and I think that he is – 6'4", 260. I compare him to Brent Selleck. And for me, I, I think that there – and people mistake that because they think – the last thought that they think of for Brent Selleck is, oh, back up to Zach Ertz, solid number two tight end. No, when Brent Selleck was young, he was Amazing. a very good tight end, like 900-plus yard tight end. And I'm not saying that that's going to be quite what Trey McBride is. What I'm saying is size, not the most explosive athlete, but he's solid. He's smooth, and he has a huge catch radius. And as a blocker – there's no better blocker in this class, in my opinion, than Trey McBride. He brings a two-way versatile tight end who I have really I, I've really enjoyed watching his game over the last couple of years. Alex, you got anything on those guys that you'd like to toss in there? Any thoughts on McBride? No, I'm with him. I'm with him on James Mitchell as far as the upside standpoint. I need to see it a little bit more. I, I thought there, you know, he was someone that maybe maybe it'll be a slow burn for me. I saw it's Virginia Tech. What dude. you see it's Virginia yeah. Tech, man. They, yeah, it's, the it's tough to watch so Virginia bad. Tech. It is. It is. It's a bad offense. But Trey McBride is someone that I feel like, for me, maybe it's just simply got bored of because he was someone that we talked about last year. Good football player. I think he put up some some good production in the, a limited 2020 season uh, to kind of go along with how I felt about him going into the year, which was thought of pretty highly. But I think that this class is just so deep that it's hard to find him in my top five. But he's definitely in that six through ten range for me right now. Analysis paralysis, man. When you've been around the guys so much, when you've seen yeah, too much really of them, is. you get bored of them. Just it's happens. a thing. It's a thing. All right, let's have some fun here. Let's get into guessing. Oh, this is going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting. We've got a <laughs> surprise coming your way. Uh, let's see what happens here. So, Ryan, why don't you go first in guessing Alex's? I always go first. Um, you do. You're the, we can switch it up. You're the special host of the show. You're the it's, one with the most followers. That's how it, it works. It is, it is my podcast. So, so um, Alex, when you pass him, you can go first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got some ground to make up. Uh, number one's Jaleel Billingsley for Alex. I know that. Um, number two, I, kn- I know he talked him up a little bit. We haven't talked too much about tight ends, but I know he likes Austin Stogner a bunch from Oklahoma. So I'm going to say Austin Stogner is number two. And I am going to I'm number three is a little tough for me. I'm going to say he likes Jeremy Rucker from Ohio State. I'm going to say Rucker is number three. All right. Alex? Um, okay. Yeah, I know you're a little bit lower on Weidermeyer, but I know he's got to be in your top three. So I'm going to say Weidermeyer is at three. Now, two, I know you like Stogner, but I th- I thought I would see uh, Isaiah Likely's name in your four or five. So I'm surprised. Maybe he fell just outside of it because you said you want to talk about him. Ah, I'm going to go Stogner at two. I'm going to have to – yeah, Stogner at two. And then I know you have Jaleel Billings at one. Okay. Wait, it's either Stogner or Likely. I don't know which one's in your top three. Okay. So here's what we have. Here's what we have. 
So Ryan, perfect. Got yes! all, all top three correct. Jaleel Ooh, Billingsley, you finally Austin got Stogner, and Jeremy Ruckert. Okay? So those, those were correctly done. Now, this is where things get sticky. Because oh, was I way off? Oh, oh, you were way off. Not only were you actually, you weren't way off. You you weren't too far off. But one of the picks is just hilarious because you spent the beginning of the show bashing this guy, just saying that you don't get it. You you you, Kate don't, you don't understand. Wait a second. You no don't way. understand why he's in some people's top fives. Like basically completely going after Ryan without even knowing it. Ryan and I told Ryan, don't say a word until we get to this point. Jaleel Billingsley one, Kate Otten two, Austin Stogner three. So we need to unpack that. I told Ryan wait, to wait. Jalen Weidermeyer's not in your top three. We're, nah. we're gonna get to that in a second. We're gonna get to we're gonna get to that in a second. He would have been in six. He would have been in six. I love Ryan. That. I, I love need that. you to talk about Kate Odd now that I, I I told you to, to to hold it in. I wanted it to ruminate and to ferment. And l- let's hear your thoughts on why Alex is just so wrong as why he should not be the bum of this class. I mean, he's always wrong, to be honest. So it's not that <laughs> oh. a stretch. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I was—I heard everything Alex said, and you know, I, I respect Alex's eye, which is obviously why he's on this podcast, on my podcast. So, um, but <laughs> yo, that comment. <laughs> yeah. For me, I thought Kate Otten was good at everything. To be honest, I thought he was a good athlete. I thought he had some yak to him. I thought he was pretty physical, and I thought he was a good blocker. I thought it was just all around good. Like I enjoyed his film thoroughly. You know who he reminded me of, Alex? Who's that? A guy that has dealt with injuries his entire career, but was a really good football player when healthy. He reminds me of Tyler Eifert, and I think Tyler Eifert's a, a darn good football player. And I, I, I just think that there, I, I think that Kate Otten's going to test well. I think he can win in the air. I think he could win after catch. I think he's a good athlete. I think he could be a seam runner, but I, I, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm not seeing a huge hole in his game personally. That's just me, though. See, for me with Kate Otten, I just saw something that wasn't prioritized in the passing game, and it was a. I thought I saw a limited athlete. That's that's truthfully what it was. And in a Washington offense where they're plagued with bad receivers, I mean, there's not a good receiver on that team. Yep. If someone's going to be a top three tight end in college football, or you know, in this draft class. I'm expecting or a top five guy. I don't even have my top five. I expected to see someone that was used as that receiving, you know, receiving weapon playing and play out and, you know, having 10 receptions, 10 targets a game. And I didn't see that. He's someone that would limited in the games I watched. I, I, like I said, I watched two games of his and I, and I kind of gave up. I was like, this guy's just doesn't get any targets. He's not prioritized. I think he's an, he's a solid blocker. I don't think there's anything wrong with his blocking, but I don't think he's a, Tremendous blocker. Let's talk about Jeremy Rucker, someone you're low on. I think I have a three. bad blocker. I think he's a bad blocker. Really? Yes, I think I bad. thought I thought I saw a good blocker in Jeremy Rucker, and then you finally saw later in the season someone that that has some receiving upside, obviously, uh some you know good highlight reel catches paired with some some you know usage in the red zone, something you like to see from your tight ends. I just didn't see that with Kate Otten. I didn't see someone that I thought was that tremendous of a blocker for me to to put him in a top five when I definitely didn't see it as a receiver. I, I think that we have completely reversed feelings on Ruckert versus Otten because I, I maybe I mean, we I just, maybe we need to watch each other's games because I must have yeah. missed Otten's games. I mean, because Otten, I mean, I, I just looked it up. I mean, he had 258 yards in four games and, and three touchdowns. So like he was targeted pretty well. And for me, if we're talking about a guy that isn't prioritized, 
Jeremy Rucker is not prioritized at all. No, you're right. And I, I think that there, I think there's a reason for that. And part of the reason is, hey, he plays with Garrett Wilson. He plays with Chris Olave. He plays with good running backs. Like, I that get was it. what that was the point I was going to make. Right. Yeah. He plays with good good players around him. So like, it's not like he's the only option, and they're still not feeding him. Like, I get that. I don't know. I I just I I see limitations to Jeremy Rucker. I think he's a good straight line athlete. I don't think he's very flexible. I don't think he's been a guy that's had production in the past game. And I also don't think he's a very good blocker. I thought it was better in 2020, but like, I, I don't think it's good. I think Otten's a better blocker personally. Oh, wow. So we, I mean, like I said, I've watched two to three games on each of these guys and maybe we just watch different games and I'll have to turn on Kate Otten some more because the, I think that it was two games. The two games I watched, I just saw someone that wasn't prioritized. And like I said, I just didn't see it too much as a pass. Don't, as don't a let Ryan bully you. Don't, don't bully let him bully no, you. No, no, I'm not going to change watching, my life. No. Rewatching him and then altering no, your... Alex, you're going to take Joe into the film room and you're going to get him to start <laughs> no, watching players. I here's my thing. To watch no, no. Him. We already here's know my that. thing. I trust... <laughs> I, I do I do think Ryan... Ryan obviously has a good eye. Like, not to boast him up. I hate when he talks big on himself. But Ryan does a good job at this, obviously. Like, let's just start talking about it. He's called on, he's been early on players that pe- people aren't talking about. So for me, like I respect him enough as an evaluator in his eye that like, if he sees something that I don't like, I want to double check myself because I do, I do trust his eye and I think he's, he's good at this. So I want to, I want to go back and I want to watch the other games that I have yet to watch of Auden and see if things change. I didn't look up box scores to see like the games he was most targeted or the most receptions, most yards before watching his film. I just turned on two, Two games that I thought were going to be good matchups for him that that were as close to NFL talent as I could, and I just didn't see it in those couple of games. But um, what I'm more surprised about than Kate Otten is Jalen Weidermeyer. That's bold right now. I I thought I was going to be bold having a four. So so this is what I'll say, and I think I think the the real issue here is that Alex hates Washington football players. We we saw that with Joe Tryon last year. So he just oh Joe Tryon's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Washington football players. Um, so for me, Weidemeyer, I know this is good. I, I'm going to take some big heat on this because I like have a lot of Texas A&M people that follow me, and I've I'm a fan of a lot of the players that they have next year. But Weidemeyer is not one of them, man. Because I I think you kind of highlighted a little bit. And I highlighted it also, you know, briefly. It's the fact of like he's got a big body and he plays well outside of his frame. He can get up for the ball. He can elevate. He plucks easy. Like that's all good. I only see one way. One way that he creates separation that's in the air. I don't think he creates separation as a route runner. I don't think he's a great athlete, and he's not a good blocker. So for me, like, I'll take Trey McBride over him. Because at least I get a very good blocker who wins in the same way that a guy like Jalen Watermeyer wins. Now, he doesn't do it in the SEC like a Watermeyer does. But I also think that Watermeyer is going to be a potential faller a little bit because they finally have that other tight end back who's been hurt for the last couple years who was actually the top tight end recruit the year that he came out, a higher recruit than Jalen Watermeyer. His name's escaping me at the moment. But I believe that he's going to cut into his production a little bit. I I'm, I don't know, man. I'm just missing a little bit Watermeyer. I I expected a lot more out of him. Can, Joe, do we have permission to talk about the only guy we haven't talked about? Well, okay. So there were Austin there's, there's two things that I wanted to to get to to wrap okay. up today's show. Okay. So the first one, Austin Stogner, yes. is somebody that you guys have ranked very highly in this list. We we talked a ton about Billingsley. We've we've hit on a lot of these other guys. So what makes Stogner so good that he deserves to be in both of your top threes? And where do you see him slotting in terms of a projection? Stogie? Stogie. Oh, Austin Stogner, man. He's a 
He's a good football player. Talked to him when he was in high school when he was a recruit, and he has grown into his body. He was a skinny kid at that point. Now he's listed at six foot six, about 260 pounds. Big frame. He is like he is Mark Andrews to me. I, I don't think that yes. he's a tremendous blocker, but I think that he tries good, you know, it's good effort. Man, effort's out uh, yeah. effort's out the window. No, yeah. no, he, he has good effort as a blocker. Absolutely. He's got a big frame to work with. But, I mean, why we, why I like him a bunch is I think that he can win at multiple levels. I think he can run the seam, and I think he's got a really big body, and he plucks the ball easily. I think that there is upside to him, too, because I think it was his first year as a star, as a starter. He had, like, 400-something yards, so he had production. But I think that he's going to be a mainstay in that offense. He just reminds me so much of Mark Andrews when he was coming out of Oklahoma. Yeah, and for me, you know, the last couple of weeks I've talked about guys just checking a lot of boxes, quite simply. And Austin Stogner's that. I mean, you talked about six foot six, two sixty, checks that box. Athleticism. I think he's a sub four eight guy at the tight end position at that size, which is pretty impressive in my opinion. I think he runs routes pretty well. Check the box. I think he's physical. Uh, obviously, the efforts there in the the on the blocking side of things, but I think he's he's a physical football player throughout his route stem as well. Check the box. I think he has good ball skills and good athleticism after the catch. I just think he does a lot of things that you want at the tight end position really, really well. And I just think you talk about you know Spencer Rattler coming back and and having all the talent on the offense that they do at Oklahoma. I think this guy's prime for a breakout year in in a year where I expect Oklahoma to be one of the favorites uh, to win the national championship. For the listeners that didn't get to hear the pre-show conversation, what we were talking about is how I mentioned I, I was listening into another podcast and somebody who covers Iowa State made the claim that Charlie Kohler is the best tight end in college football, is going to be the highest drafted tight end in this class. And look, understandably, it's tunnel vision. You're covering the team. You're going to say that. On top of the fact that there was a little hype around him last season, for the last year's tight end class. I think his name was brought up when we did the tight end show last year. I forget in which category, but he was brought up at some point when we were doing that tight end show. Alex so had thought, him in his top five. I looked it up, Joe. He, he was like number four, number five on Alex's list last year. Damn, Ryan, Ryan does his research. He's like, I need to prove he that was. Alex five, yeah. doesn't know what he's talking about. But here we are <laughs> now. <laughs> here we are now in the 2022 cycle, and he returns for an extra year. And all of the all of a sudden, he's not even in the conversation. So I I got we have to bring that up because I think there's a lot of people who think Charlie Kohler is at least top three, at least top five. And I'm really intrigued by the fact that you guys both agree he does not belong in that conversation. Can I start this one? Sure, go for it. I just I, I simply you just can just say start that, talking. By the way, you don't yeah, need to yeah, raise yeah, your hand. Right. Yeah, I know Ryan's I wanna, a teacher. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, please answer. Let me let me talk. Uh, but no, you know, you talk about uh, Charlie Kohler, and I think you know you talk about last cycle where I had him in that fourth, fifth. I think that's just a look. He put up good numbers. He's a good you know good college football player, and I think the more tape you watch, that you know you get into twenty twenty and you start looking at these other guys, and you start to realize like athletically he's as a blocker he's not any better than anyone else in this year's class he just puts up better numbers than everybody just about and and you know that's that's a recipe for disaster as far as projecting to the next level just getting fooled by the production that's what that's what bad scouts do look at the box score and see you know determine your opinions on that and I think that's really what it was you know going into last year was seeing the numbers he was able to put up in that offense and and seeing like how prioritized he was in the passing game at that in Iowa State at Iowa State, 
you know, it almost fools you a little bit. You know, you see the, the, the catch point catches and you see a little bit of the yak stuff and you're like, okay, you watch the highlight film and you're like, okay, I see a, a pretty good football player, but you watch more and more, you, you realize the limitations athletically as far as translating to the next level. I think he's going to go from an average athlete that's just a good football player to a bad athlete that's going to be a pretty good football player at the next level. You know, so I think you're missing something there. Two points. One, I love the box score scouting little um, excerpt that Alex put there because we both had Jaleel Billingsley, who last year had 18 yeah. catches for 280-something yards. So, like, you have to watch the tape because I, I talked to somebody on Twitter who said that Jaleel Billingsley was outside of their top 10 tight end. I saw that. And I didn't even – I didn't even talk back to it because I was like, I know why because he didn't have because he hasn't produced at the highest level yet, even because he's had to. I mean, as a first year, but that's someone that came on late. Right, J- uh, Billingsley came on those last like three or four games and ended up playing a much higher snap percentage than he did earlier in the season. Absolutely, and I mean, he's still sharing the ball with John Mechie and Devonta Smith and all, all these great football players. So there's context there. And then when we're getting right. to Charlie Kohler, like when you started talking about it, Joe. One, if a guy is saying like, okay, I think Charlie Kohler is the best tight end in college football, I'm good, man. He's he's produced yeah. multiple years. That's fine. But if we take it to a, a, a NFL draft perspective, brother, I, we talk, talked about him not being a good blocker. We talked about the fact that he could win outside his frame. That's all well and good. At some point, the athleticism can be debilitating. This kid, the only word that I can use to describe him as an athlete is lumbering. He's a lumbering mm. athlete. He's not going to be able to cause any separation anywhere else. I think it's debilitating. People are going to be able to blanket him. You're not going to have to worry about, oh, we need to take a linebacker off the field because we need a guy that can erase Charlie Kohler. Like, that's not going to be in the in the cards for him. He's going to be a second to third tight end, and he probably will do well in that role. But for what it is, like, he reminds me of C.J. Fedorowicz that came out of <laughs> Iowa a few years ago. Who turned into a pro- really solid second yeah, tight end for just a random name though? Well, but... it is a random name, but he he yeah. became a really solid tight end for the Houston Texans. But like, he's just not a good athlete. So he's he, that's that's that is the that the floor and the ceiling are very very close together. There is not much more that Choli Kohler can be. He is about a finished product when you don't want to be a finished product coming out. You want to be able to still see the ceiling because you want to see what a guy can become. For me, there's just no upside with a Charlie Kohler. He has a limited ceiling. There's a cap to how good he can be. He is a I don't debilitating is a, 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 a too harsh of a word. He is a limited athlete that is going to put a cap on his potential. Well, that's interesting well, yeah. to hear from you guys saying that because again, there is a lot of discussion. People trying to say that this guy should be top three, but as we tend to see during the summer, there is a lot of corner cutting what do, what do you got ryan i will make a bet right now to, to i put this on the podcast okay this is in this is you everybody can go back to this if and i say if if charlie go Kohler goes in the top 64 picks second round pick i will admit on air that this is joseph d leon's podcast <laughs> that's good that's damn good. just like i was gonna give uh i was gonna give an autograph for anyone who guessed that the what was it alex's top five Out my top five yeah I'm running yeah, backs. Th- thanks for offering that up thank you that did not that. happen by the way no or at least first no, try yeah. it took someone like eight tries yeah, no one no one wants my no one wants my autograph all right folks it's thanks okay. for tuning in at nfl prospects pod at rise and draft at alex gilstrap at joe DeLeon. hit the damn follow button follow us uh, or sorry, subscribe to us wherever you're listening to us. Leave us a review. 
new thing that we're going to do going forward, and I, I think we're going to do some of these mailbags throughout the summer, just mostly for the summer, leave us a review, and in the review, leave us a question. So if you want your question on the show, you can't add us, you can't, uh, you can't DM us. We you, that we're not going to answer those questions. You have to leave us a five star review. If you give us anything less than five stars, we're also not going. <laughs> we're also not going to respond to that question. So if you want your question on the show, we're going to start answering some questions. We're going to start doing some extra fun content wherever we can. So make sure you get those questions in. Also head to believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. Find our shows as hundreds of other shows. A wonderful rest of your day, folks. Stay tuned for some interviews coming on this week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.